the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Production every week and still kind of amazes me. I'm like, Wait a minute. That's my company. <laughs> so I'm back here. We've got uh, Mike Seeger with me. Welcome back, Mike. Hi. Thanks for having me back. No problem. Mike is a student at Case, Case Western, and is majoring in economics, I believe. And uh, a couple. Of, uh, do you have a minor there? Or? Uh, no, I don't have a minor picked up. Okay, cool. So majoring in economics. So we've got a lot in common that way. And Mike is actually going to be... Uh, helping with the Look Out for the Bull website that we are resurrecting. Actually, he will be doing most of it. <laughs> <laughs> I will be uh, assisting, uh, doing the con- a lot of the content. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So you want to stay tuned. We'll have Mike on back uh, periodically. Uh, because Look Out for the Bull website. Uh, it's going to be a different website. It's you know very positive, I think. the uh, We're going to basically tell you how it is, what, what you're up against, which is kind of the way I like to do business. Um, it's the way I like to be treated. If I'm going to go into something, tell me what I'm up against and, and be real. You know, don't, uh, don't mislead the, uh, because I'm a big boy and, and I can take it. The, uh, so uh, what I'm really not fond of is, is when people aren't upfront about things or they disclose things later on in the process after, after you've already signed up. <laughs> so we want to try to avoid that if possible. And uh, uh, we got a seminar coming up here. And I had to do this one on a Saturday morning. I normally reserve those for the summer, but all the Thursday evenings were reserved. So what I'll be doing is uh, October 27th, so just a few days right before Halloween, we're going to meet back at the um, Corporate College on the east side, 830 in the morning, Saturday morning. Um, it's going to be literally one hour. I know everybody that knows me is going, oh, yeah, right, it's only going to be an hour. But, the, uh, no, it's going to be an hour. So we're going to start at 8.30 sharp, and I'm going to talk for a half an hour. And the topic is going to be, we're coming into, by the way, I didn't edit this. <laughs> I should have checked this before I approved it. Yeah, anyway, but. It sounds really weird, but coming into what has been the best six weeks of the year for the past few years and why, because that's where we're coming. At that point in time, there will be a little bit over six weeks left, but 
uh, actually, I think starting near the end of October, it's really more like a six to eight week time period. But for the past few years, market's been doing very well. In fact, a large portion of its annual gains have been made during that time period. So I think this is a really good time to take a look at why that has played out that way and what we're trying to do uh, in order to help ourselves best capture as much of that as we can. And now that I've actually said that and put that out there, it'll probably, you know, the market will probably take a dump. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, but I don't know. Uh, I think there's some reasons for it. And I think those reasons are probably still in place. So we'll talk about that. That's going to be the, uh, the topic of that particular seminar. It's going to be quick. It's going to be very quick. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, Look Out for the Bull website that is under construction and going to be released here relatively quickly. And uh, again, Mike's going to be a, a big part of that. He's actually going to be the, the biggest part of that. I'm just going to provide research and some commentary, and uh, he'll be doing the uh, the heavy lifting. <laughs> uh, so I don't know uh, what you think about that, Mike. Yeah, hopefully. I, I'm excited for that. Uh, that's what I, I'd have to say. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and Bill is pretty great to work with. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And uh, um, He didn't I, pay me to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I was going to add that. So anyway, if you have a phone call, question, or comment, 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. And uh, Mike and I were meeting this morning. We are talking about different things. We talk about a lot of different stuff. Um, I don't know that we talked about this in particular, but uh, I think that the financial planning aspect of most people's lives, uh, it's actually relatively simple. There are a lot of things that, that you just can't know answers to. And I think that's a big part of the whole financial planning process is figuring out what you can know. You know try to figure out what you can know. A lot of things you just can't know the answers to. Uh, people come for help on a lot of that. And oftentimes it comes down to, well, you just have to do your best uh, effort, give your best effort to come up with an estimate. That's what you've got to do. And you're going through, you were telling me, I think it's really fascinating that you're uh, taking uh, econ courses. I haven't opened an economics book probably, I don't know, since a few years after I uh, left college. So I'm sure they've changed a lot uh, of the things that they're doing, but... Uh, well, I think, uh, I mean, a lot of it that I'm going over right now is, is, is the pretty basics. Demand, supply, you know, how a market reacts to, to price changes, stuff like that. So I think, I think, um, I don't think they've changed much about the, the, the whole, the whole uh, body of economics in the past, I don't know, 20, 30 years, but. I'd be really interested to see what they're going to be doing, uh, as far as the data goes. Back when I was in school, a compact disc. Okay. <laughs> Was the size of a uh, a vinyl record album? Mm-hmm. <laughs> have, have you ever seen an? Oh vinyl? Yeah, okay. yeah. So that was a compact disc back then. In uh, Kent, which was where I was going, um, actually had a deal with Federal Reserve. They published data and and provided it to Kent, so the people from Case uh, and all the other local universities that wanted at Ohio State, their graduate students were always coming up to our library to access that. And because they didn't have the internet back then, so if you wanted to use that data, you had to come to us. Hmm. And uh, I don't know how they got selected for that. I thought it was awesome, but the uh, um, and I would use it occasionally. But today, I mean that that's the part that's really fascinating because there's a um, there's a big difference between correlation and causation. And I think you'll you'll probably find that a lot of uh, 
econ guys confuse the two. It's easy to do. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's really easy to do. Correlation means when this happens, this has happened X percentage of the time. Okay. Causation is if I push down on the left-hand side of a, a seesaw, the right-hand side is going up. <laughs> now, that could be very misleading, especially if you put a wall dividing the left-hand side and right-hand side, just giving enough a, a hole in the wall so that the uh, the joint can get through the wall and you can make that happen. But if somebody got wise and cut off the left-hand side and put a small lever on there <laughs> and then started moving it randomly, <laughs> you might not be able to uh, tell. Let's say you could only see the two seats. So you'd see the left-hand seat sitting there on the ground, and you'd see the right-hand seat going up and down <laughs> because some smart aleck decided to uh, try to trick everybody. There's the uh, the example I've always heard to explain correlation um, is that if in the summertime, ice cream sales go up, right. and so do sunburns. Yeah. So does ice cream cause sunburn. It's it's right. that general yeah, idea. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. Do they still use the guns and butter thing? Yes. Oh, yes, man. they do. That one killed me. World War II. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, I, I, was, I wasn't a really big fan of that one. <laughs> there are a lot of things in the, uh, econ that I didn't like a lot, but I'm, I'm really interested because now they've got so much more data. The data is better. Uh, the, the ability to handle and process data is a lot better. Um, but it, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, the basics are not going to change. Uh, the ability to track the basics is, has changed a lot. Uh, we've improved on that quite a bit. And uh, so I think that's, uh, you know, it's pretty exciting. Um, there are a lot of hedge funds out there that run macro, microeconomic uh, analysis and are actually using it to manage money. They've been doing that for a long time. Most of the time it hasn't worked very well. I wouldn't um, think so. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, they are making strides in that area. So I think that's pretty cool. And that's where the, uh, when you think about the basic logic um, behind investing, you know, um, the basic logic really hasn't changed a lot. How you execute that logic has changed. So the basic logic is if a stock's sales and profits are rising, if the company's prospering, eventually its share price goes up. Well, that hasn't changed. Uh, the, uh, the speed at which they go up has changed a little astronomically <laughs> both directions yes and and actually the the choppiness um how much a stock will fluctuate within a range has really fluct has changed uh i mean a lot so that portion uh, has really changed but there are still some basic things that you can do to help yourself deal with that you know if you're an investor you've, you've got to deal with it so how do you do that? That's what the lookout for the bull. That's why that's why you're here, uh, and uh, we're going to have a, a methodology, or a. Uh, I, I said I was going to use that word, <laughs> but then I said <laughs> checklist. Yes, we're going to have a checklist. You're going to use a checklist to help you, and it's all based on fundamental logic stuff that's really simple, and anybody can do this, but. I'm not going to caution you. I'm not going to, we're, we're not going to promise to make people rich overnight. Um, don't want to do that. Investing can be hard. At some point in time, it will be. Other, at other times, it seems easy. 
you know, and uh, you need to enjoy those times. Remember those times because when you're going through the hard times, you can think back to those. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sooner or later that those conditions reappear. You don't know when, and I think that's a big part of the problem. And kind of like you know, the Browns were so bad for so long. And all of a sudden, this quarterback comes in, starts looking pretty good. And, and by the way, the quarterback looks good because the receivers and offensive line are playing really well. <laughs> so uh, they're all looking good. That, is that going to stay that way? You don't know. You hope. Uh, looks like they might have things on track. And investing very similar. It always uh, it always amazed me how similar the stock market was to real life. You have a lot of things that are eh, you know, okay. You know, it, it's okay. You, you get by. And then occasionally you'll have, wow, that was really good. And then occasionally you're really scared. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I think that that's one of the reasons that people will always need people like us uh, as really coaches you know, to say, yeah, this is normal. You know, this is absolutely normal. Because if you're not like you are, you're starting to study uh, much earlier. Hey, uh, that was interesting. That was a blast from the past. Sorry, got held up on my way into the station this morning. And uh, it's amazing how time goes so fast when you're doing things and then you get stuck somewhere. <laughs> anyway, so I did want to uh, thank you. That was, what we were playing last week was the uh, a show we were talking a little bit about Look Out for the Bullets, a website that's under construction that's going to be coming back. I know we've had that a couple times in the past. We give that another shot. Hopefully, this time the technology is good enough that we won't have to take it down again. The uh, it's amazing how technology has improved and changed over the years. It it's really changed a lot. I'm really a a big fan of technology. I'm a big fan of of the changes. Not all of them, not all changes are always that good, but. I would say for the, the vast majority of the uh, changes, I've, the major changes I've seen in technology, I'm really excited about it. In fact, we'll be talking a little bit about that at a seminar that's coming up here. I should actually have to look it up. Oh, some guy, my tight in bulletin, he came up ahead of me on Google. <laughs> Don't uh, know why that happened. And the connection is a little bit slow here, but... I think we there we go. This is Saturday, October 27th. It's a Saturday morning. It's going to start at 8:30 and I decided to talk about what was what has been the best 6 weeks of the year for the past few years and why because we're going to be very close to the last 6 weeks of the year at that point in time will actually be a few weeks before the last 6 weeks, but it's been very interesting the end of the year each year for the past few years. Not each year, but five out of six. The market's done very well during that time period. So I thought that would be interesting to kind of take a look at why that is, uh, what you might be able to do in your portfolios if you are thinking about doing something. And uh, by the way, most people should probably not be thinking about doing things most of the time in their portfolios. They should have the thinking done before they're invested. That's kind of a big key to being successful, I think in the stock market, is that you already have a plan. You know what you're going to do. If the market goes down, that's, you know, people ask a lot of time, what do you do if the market goes down? Well, I'm probably going to hang tight. If it goes down a lot, I'm probably going to rebalance my portfolio. And a lot is a 
uh, vague term. A lot for me is anything more than 15%. I get anything more than 15%, I'm probably going to look at rebalancing the portfolio, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for certain things to show up, and then I'll rebalance it. So if we got a 15% correction, which we have not had for quite a while, and I think some people are get nervous over it. Some people don't get nervous over it. I'm not really sure what you think. All I think is that you know, stocks valuations are still pretty good. If you take out the large cap growth stocks, the valuations are very good. So I think there's room to go. And if we did get a correction, I would really be interested in adding to the holdings that I have. That's what it'd be. I'd really be interested in doing that. And uh, particularly the uh, things that are more bent a little bit towards technology because I look at the growth rates of all the industries. Technology's got the fastest growth rates and not all technologies, but, but a large number of them. And their valuations are not nearly as high uh, as they have been when those markets have peaked out in the past. So I think there's still some gas in the tank there and that should be fun. Uh, by the way, the guy that you were listening to that was there with me, his name is Mike Seeger. He's actually a, a student at Case. He's going to be running the Lookout for the Bull website. I'm actually going to be providing content and research. So this is a uh, joint venture between the two of us. He's got the time to do those things. We'll have to talk more about that after the commercial messages. <laughs> You're listening to Bill Bulletin right here on 1420. Stay tuned. And I simply come Hi, this is David Barton of Wall Builders. Tuesday, November the 6th is a very important day for Ohio Christians. It's Election Day. It's a day when Christians have a duty to vote, especially for candidates who will protect our religious liberties. Even though our religious liberty is an inalienable right given to us by God himself, many in government today are openly hostile to it, even attacking it. You need to vote. If you're not registered to vote in Ohio, you can register online by going to myohiovote.com. Again, myohiovote.com, and you must have a current Ohio driver's license to register. You can also register by mail at your county board of elections. Please stand up and let your vote be felt in protecting our inalienable right of religious freedom. God bless. Paid for by the One Nation Under God Foundation, a tax-exempt organization. The deadline to register to vote in Ohio is Tuesday, October 9th. That's Tuesday, October the 9th. So don't delay. For more information, go to one, the number one, nationundergod.org. From an idea that started in 1967, Our Lady of the Wayside has grown to serve almost 900 children and adults with developmental disabilities throughout Northeast Ohio. It's an operation that is still growing thanks to tremendous support and generous donations like the Wayside's car donation program. You can donate your ride to the Wayside for a great tax write-off by calling 1-800-368-6262. The Wayside is also looking for people to join their team. They hire for attitude and train for skills. Visit thewayside.org to apply. Today. Do you ever find yourself saying, I need a vacation? Vacation Fixation can help. At Vacation Fixation, we specialize in all-inclusive trips and cruises to Mexico, the Caribbean, and Disney vacations. Why choose us? Our clients book through Vacation Fixation because they are frustrated with online trip brokers and timeshare scams. Whether it's a weekend getaway, a family trip, spring break, or honeymoon, Vacation Fixation will personalize a trip just for you. 
Want to know the hottest destinations in Cancun, Punta Cana, Jamaica, or Puerto Vallarta? Interested in room upgrades, beach reviews, or details about resort restaurants? How about finding a trip with a direct flight? At Vacation Fixation, we take all of your specific travel requests and shop our suppliers to find the best deal. What's the cost? Our suppliers pay us so you don't have to. Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check out the deal of the day on Facebook. Vacation Fixation. Do you have one of those bathrooms that are old, outdated, or impossible to keep clean? Well, there's a new revolutionary product that transforms most baths in about two days. And it isn't a one-size-fits-all system either or a Band-Aid over the top of your old bath. Joyce Factory Direct specializes in bath makeovers where they completely remove your old, dreary shower tub and replace it with a new custom-fit solution. The result is a brand-new, sophisticated, and stylish bathroom at a great price. Joyce Factory Direct's bath makeovers system uses 100% non-porous acrylic, which means it'll stay beautiful for years to come because mold or mildew cannot accumulate. Their experts will help you with designing and choosing between different showers or tubs which are available in dozens of colors and styles, including faux marble, granite, and tile. And like all Joyce Factory Direct products, it's built and guaranteed to last. Call now to schedule your free bath makeover appointment, 440-243-5700, or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. memory wish the only thing my eyes could see was the future burning bright right in front of me but i can't stop and we're back yeah i wish it was a perfect hey if you'd like to call in today if you've got a question regarding investment planning the uh retirement planning feel free 216-901-0945 216-901-0945 if you'd like me to take a look at a stock give you an opinion that's fine too I have to let you know that when you give an opinion on a stock and it's something that you haven't looked at uh, in great detail, there's a way of doing that that is fairly, um, uh, it's fairly decent, but it's not going to replace the really intense work that you need to do if you're going to invest a significant amount of money in a stock. So I just need to put that out there because oftentimes people call in and they want to uh, talk about a stock, and I'll look it up. And I'll give them the 60-second test. Basically, I'm looking at the sales and the margins. Most companies, I, I know the industry is fairly well because I've been doing this for so long, and I can tell you what the averages are and how that looks uh, according to the averages. Very similar to if you were looking for a house. If you're looking for a house, you're going to look for the houses that are closest to that house and see the ones that are most similar to that house, what they've sold for. And that would give you an idea of whether or not the price that the house that you were looking at was in the range of the other houses. That's essentially what we're doing with stocks. That's what a, a stock picker does. It goes in and looks at the company, looks at the sales, the profit margins, tries to figure out what they do for a living, <laughs> the, uh, the business living. Sometimes that's not easy to do. And that, that's one of the red flags. When I see something and I, I go to look at a company and I don't understand the industries that they're in and they're in lots of different industries that really don't have a lot to do with one another, I would recommend that the average person just stay away from stuff like that. Warren Buffett's got this file holder on his desk and it says too hard. 
that's what he means is, uh, yeah, those businesses are too hard. Uh, why are they public? You know, well, at some point in time, you know, it was probably different, maybe. But there's a pretty good bet that at some point in time they decided that, hey, you know what? We could probably use a, a big shot of capital. So if we go public, we'll raise a bunch of money and we can keep buying more businesses. Yeah, those are uh, really tough to to kind of get your arms around. You can try, but it, it's very difficult. So as an individual investor, I would kind of take a look at just whatever it is the company does. If you don't understand it or you, you see a whole bunch of businesses that are not related to one another, that happens fairly often. Peter Lynch used to call that diversification. These guys are diversifying their businesses and it's making it harder on the business, not easier. Yeah, but those are long stories and uh, kind of boring too when you when you think about it. <laughs> but if you've got uh, questions, comments, feel free to give us a call. You can also email me, bill at bullingtoncapital.com or you go to my website, which is bullingtoncapital.com and you can sign up for the seminar. We're going to be looking at what's been the, be- the best six weeks of the year for the past few years and why. The uh, seminar is going to be Saturday morning, October 27th, 8.30 Tri-C's Corporate College, very nice place. We'll get in, we'll get out. By the way, the seminar is going to last just an hour. Actually, I've, I've made a deal with Gary that does all the trading and IT and a lot of other stuff for Bullington Capital. Yeah, he's going to drag me out. <laughs> I'll actually have to run because I'm going to have to come here and do the radio show. So it's just an hour. There's a continental breakfast. You can come in and uh, take a look around, get to know us, see how we do things. I think that's an important thing that you're very comfortable with your financial advisors. That That's a big deal. You should be very comfortable with your financial advisors. If if you're not, then, uh, well, actually, sometimes people aren't comfortable because a lot of financial advisors will tell them things that they don't want to hear. Um, that happens sometimes. And, you know, you have to respect those financial advisors that are telling you something that you probably don't want to hear. Uh, because they're doing it for your your own good, most likely. In uh, so, I guess I, you know, in that instance, you wouldn't really be in love with your financial advisor. <laughs> and I know a lot of uh, people that do have kind of a love hate relationship with their financial advisor because they come to them and uh, they want that their financial advisor to agree with what they're saying, and the financial advisor can't do that um, because it, it's you know they're wishing for something that's, that's actually not there sometimes, or uh, they're trying to get something or an answer to where there are no answers. And what do I mean by that? Well, somebody comes and asks you, when should I take my social security? Okay. Well, you're going to have to gather up all your data and you're going to have to make an estimate because there's no way of knowing when the perfect time to take social security is. Why do I say that? Because you don't know how long you're going to live. If you knew you were only going to live a year or two, take it as early as you can. If you don't know how long you're going to live, well, then you're just going to come up with an estimate. Just have to do the best you can. And since you also don't know what the cost of living increases on social security are going to be, that affects that as well. The, uh, the current rules can change. That will affect that at some point in time. So there are a lot of questions that people oftentimes ask that nobody really has a good answer to, and you have to come up with the best estimate 
that you can come up with. I see this all the time with pensions. A lot of pensions are incredibly confusing. By the way, your pension has to provide an annual statement. You get an annual statement from that. If you haven't seen one, you should probably contact your HR department and ask them for that. Ask them if they can get you can get an annual statement of benefits because it, it's a really important thing when you're sitting down and you're trying to figure out how much money you're going to need for retirement. That income that's going to be presented by the uh, are provided by the pension is substantial, even if it's only a few hundred dollars a month. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you got four hundred dollars a month. That's forty eight hundred dollars a year. If you're going to pull out five uh, percent from an investment point portfolio to supplement your income, well, that $400 a month is worth almost a hundred thousand bucks. So why? Because 5% of a hundred thousand is right around 5,000, $400 a month, a little less than 5,000. So right around a hundred thousand dollars is what you would need to replace that $400 a month. Think about that for a second, 400 bucks a month. You would need a hundred thousand dollars. Now that's uh, to some people, they go, oh, hey, great. You know, I never thought about it like that. Other people go, what? <laughs> That's a lot of money. Yep, it is. It's a lot of money. The vast majority of people in the United States are going to retire and they're not going to be able to maintain their lifestyles. And that that's a reality. They're going to retire and not be able to maintain their lifestyles. Now, many of them won't mind because their lifestyle was, was so good <laughs> while they were while they were saving yeah, or getting ready to retire that they're, they're ready to cut back. They're ready to stop doing a lot of stuff that they did before. That's fine. You know, everybody's different. There's no right or wrong. There's uh, I like to say, but there is a right or wrong for you. Anyway, got a, a couple callers calling in here. And if you'd like to call the numbers, 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. And I think I uh, well, just lost one of them. The, uh, and I'm going to go to the second one, and I've got Chris. Chris, you're on the Bullington Capital Report. Hi. How are hey, you? I was just curious. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Um, sun just came out. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, one of the, uh, I don't know, I know it's reported, but it seems to be a most under-radar uh, thing going on. Chinese stocks seem to be in a depression. <laughs> I mean, even the good names are down 20%. Uh, the other day, and a lot of them are down 40% mm-hmm. from their high. Right. And is this, this a buying opportunity or is it just stay away from the Chinese stock? Well, I don't invest in them. Um, I just don't. There, there are lots of reasons for that. And, you know, I could probably spend the rest of the show talking about it. But, okay. um, to verify, the number one is to verify what the, Chinese companies are actually doing is impossible. They don't care. Uh, you know, they they can say whatever they want. The um, they've got some standards. I don't want to make it to sound like it's you know it's the wild wild west out there, but part portions of it are portions of it are the wild wild west, and you have no way of verifying any of that data. It's very difficult for the SEC uh, and the New York Stock Exchange to verify the data on the stocks that actually trade here. But I just don't invest in things that I can't get good quality information on. You know, that doesn't make sense. That, that's not really an investment. It's more of a gamble. Investing and gambling are, are uh, oftentimes a lot of what I do. People think it's gambling. No, 
I'm actually, we're using math, we're calculating um, probabilities. That that's that's a whole lot different. That's what investing is. That's what life is in general. But yeah, so I I would not want to invest in Chinese stocks directly just because I can't get information that I can rely on. Well, I was just curious. It seems like, like I said, even the even the supposedly good names, um, you know, are, are just way down, and it seems like they're just blaming it on on Trump and the tariffs as opposed to anything else. Yeah, again, and, you know, I um, mean, and Trump will go away eventually, yep. whether whether it's two years or six years, he's eventually going away. Yeah, and hopefully so, one day, you know, the the their markets will be more transparent. That'll make it uh, a lot better. But for now, okay. I, I would just or even even the ones that are on the New York Stock Exchange, you know, like yeah, Alibaba. Yeah, Alibaba's like one or something. Maybe one fifty-two. Do you know what Alibaba's? Uh, well, here's the thing, and you know, you call it a lot, but you'll bring something up like that. And do you know what Alibaba's revenues are? I think they're, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, uh, 60, 70 billion, something like that. It's 43 billion. Right. Okay. okay. 43 so the, the market billion. cap of the stock, do you know what that is? It's, well, it's it, 400 billion. So yeah. yeah. I do know that. Yep. So if you divide the. If down, you, down from 600 billion. <laughs> yeah. So if you divide the market value, um, and bottom line is uh, it's got a price to sales ratio that's, that's over nine, which, yeah. you know, I don't know. Um, if the growth rate ever slows down, there's so many things that could happen there. That's not one of those stocks I'd look at it and go, well, that's super cheap because nine times your annual revenues is huge. That's a big market cap. That's a uh, high price to sales ratio. So you're paying a, a super premium for that stock. Now, maybe it's worth the super premium. I'm just not a kind of uh, investor. I don't well, like you know. well, is Isn't that true, though, for things like Amazon? Which everybody loves. I don't love Amazon. I've never even talked. I, I rarely bring what up. Are <laughs> what are the revenues there? Yeah, yeah it's price to sales ratio is. That's nine times. No, it's four and a half. It's actually okay. four and a half. So it's half the it's half the valuation. So these kinds of uh, questions, though, yeah, uh, realistically, this is what I like to do. I like to put a set of rules together that are going to determine how I'm going to invest, and then I like to stick to the rules because uh, what we're participating in is trying to get a feeling or intuit, an intuitive feeling because all the numbers are out there for everybody to see. Everybody has them. So if you're, you're going to beat people who use the numbers, you're going to do it because your intuition is better than theirs. And you know what? That, that is a really tough way to manage money. <laughs> That's that is incredibly difficult. So I'd I'd rather not, you know, do it that way. And Amazon's been in multiple models I've had over the years. Uh, in fact, I'm sure it's in some of the uh, ETS I hold now. So, uh, but well, let me let me ask you this question: uh, Since this Chinese market has crashed so much, what is what are the odds odds that this is now going to affect the U.S. market because we've got so many goods that come from China and start crashing our market twenty percent? Uh, the market will crash at some point in time and nobody knows what, what is going to trigger it. That's just the way the markets work and trying to predict that or trying to figure it out, man, you are, you know, you're wasting time. I, I feel like it, if your plan doesn't already include what you're going to do, then you don't have a plan. You need to get one. 
You, you really need to get one because these questions are from people that, that are guessing. And you don't, yeah. you can't afford to guess when it comes to, or you can if it's your play money. If, if it's money that you don't yeah. mind losing, then you can yeah. guess and you can, you know, speculate all you want. But I think you really need to develop a, a good, solid plan and then stick to it. It, it really takes a lot of stress off of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. well, yeah. I'll leave you with one other thing. Years ago, I mean, years ago, remember Oldie, those guys? Oh, yeah. I had, a, I had a guy there that told me, he said, Always watch what the Fed's doing. Don't fight the Fed. When the Fed's lowering rates, you get in stocks. When the Fed's raising rates, you get out. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know if that holds true, but these interest rates, especially as ten-year Treasury bonds, really jump. Uh, God, what's a jump? Twenty percent? I mean, ten percent? They're actually about uh, forty or fifty percent from where they were at their lows. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. But well, hey, hey, Chris, and, I got to run. I got to okay. take another Sorry, phone call. But hey, think, have a okay. good. Have a good weekend. Right. <laughs> Mark, you're on the Bullington Capital Report. Hello, Bill. Uh, this is Mark. I was wondering, uh, could you explain the blackout rule, and do you think it's affecting uh, the market because companies aren't buying their shares? Uh, you know, the uh, that that's an interesting question. Um, the blackout rule is when a company goes public, okay, that they have to they've got to wait before they can actually sell their shares. So they get, everybody gets shares. By the way, going public, do you realize that is a total reorganization of the company? They're reorganizing. Oh, hey, Mark, can you hang on for a second? I got to take sure. a real quick commercial break. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420 The Answer. I'll be back after these messages. Bob Vila here with my home improvement tip of the day. How much snow on the roof is too much? That depends a lot on the way your roof was constructed. Steep and smooth roofs tend to shed snow easily, while roofs that are only slightly pitched or flat tend to collect big drifts. Another important factor is the weight of the snow. Removing a heavy snow load can be tricky. If you have a multi-story house, you'd best not be climbing up and down icy cold ladders to dizzying heights. Better to leave that to licensed, insured pros who have the right equipment to get the job done right. On the other hand, if you have a single-story home, you can use a long, telescoping snow rake to pull snow off the roof. One caution, though, rakes that come into contact with shingles can do a lot of damage, so look for sturdy models with small rollers that keep the edge of the rake away from the shingles. Finally, before you start pulling snow off the roof, put some thought into where the snow is going to land. You don't want to damage your plants. Get more info at BobVila.com and right here at home with me, Bob Vila. Message and data rates may apply. We now live in a world where you need to constantly update your skills to keep on top of the latest technologies and all the changes happening so fast around us. I'm Andrew Ng, co-founder of Coursera. We built Coursera to provide you the educational opportunities to make sure you can always learn the skills to keep up and realize your dreams. Whether you want to brush up on a skill or switch careers, Coursera's affordable, flexible online platform brings the world's best learning to you. Join Coursera for free by texting LIST to 250250. Acclaimed universities, thousands of courses, career-enhancing certificates, and master's degrees in high-demand fields. Coursera gives you access to the skills you need to adapt to a changing world. 
If you want to learn the latest in technology or business or other areas and enhance your career, go to Coursera. To join Coursera for free, text LIST to 250-250. Coursera, your course to success. Text LIST to 250-250. Temperatures are starting to drop, and you know what that means. Old man winter is coming soon. It's time to take a look at those windows, doors, and other problem areas of your home before it's too late. Now is the time to call Joyce Factory Direct, Cleveland's family-owned window manufacturer and remodeler, to have one of their experts meet you for advice and on-the-spot pricing. Proudly made right here in Cleveland, Joyce Windows features state-of-the-art technology like Thermacore composite reinforcements and their exclusive Smart Shield high-performance glass, which means you'll be getting the most energy-efficient windows for your home directly from the factory. Customers love how much warmer their house is and how easy the windows are operate and clean. Every window is made specifically for your home and installed by factory experts. Let Joyce Factory Direct improve your home now before it's damp and cold. Call to schedule a free appointment, 440-243-5700 or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. Looking for a great way to save on taxes? Look no more. Just call Our Lady of the Wayside at 1-800-368-6262 and ask about their car donation program. It's simple and it works for everyone involved. You donate your ride, you write off the selling price, and the money goes to help the physically and mentally challenged citizens served by Our Lady of the Wayside. The number to call, 1-800-368-6262. When you want more, so get more. Donate your ride to Our Lady of the and we're back. Hey, Mark, you still there? Yeah, I meant the buyback blackout. The uh, buyback blackout. Oh, that's you just know. a period of where anytime somebody makes a substantial, uh, a substantial change to the business structure oftentimes it'll a blackout period will accompany that where the insiders are not allowed to buy or sell you know until the news is fully disseminated and that that it can last from anywhere from three days to 60 days but the uh um that would be a like a, a typical blackout period uh if somebody made like when they're buying another company or something a merger talk and talk and that kind of stuff yeah yep or a spin-off or whatever right Yep, and when they go uh, when they go public, so and that's actually what I wanted to clarify. If they go public, there's typically uh, an initial public offering lockup period where they can't buy or sell stock, you know, for a certain number of days after the company's come public. So very similar. Um, so I didn't know which one that you were actually referring to. Yeah, I should have clarified that. That's my fault. Well, that's okay. The uh, so you you were asking about when they make an announcement. Well, so, like, what is it, like 30 days before they announced the quarterly, uh, uh, quarterly results, they, they, they can't be buying their own stock and stuff? Uh, no, that actually would be, well, the, the company's going to set those guidelines uh, internally. And they have different time periods. So you, it could be as little as three days. It could be uh, as much as, you know, a couple months. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but the company generally gets to set that, and uh, I, to my, the best of my knowledge, I don't think there's a standard um, that everybody uses or is forced to uh, 
stick to. I think they, they have a range of, of number of days that they can use. And they do this so that the insiders don't have this uh, uh, exceptional um, <clears throat> uh, advantage over the uh, <clears throat> the general public. Right, yep. Insiders, when they're buying, insiders are generally really, really early. Now, why I should preface that by saying I have not looked at insider buying or selling in an incredibly long time period because the institutionalization of the investment of financial markets in the United States has made funds way more um, uh, influential than any of the insiders. And insiders are generally really early. I mean, if they're going to buy stock based on something that's in development, they're buying when they're in the developmental stage before that has ever even been announced. On a scale, too, then, right? I mean... Pardon me? An individual would only have so much money, unless he's, you know, Warren right. Buffett. But and by the way, a lot you might have billions of dollars, right? right? They're the elephant in the room, right? Right. And and by the way, I've seen a lot of insiders lose an awful lot of money <laughs> in, investing in their own the companies. And sliced bread, and then it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've watched them actually literally go bankrupt. CEOs. Wow. So you know that it's. Everybody's looking for that edge, and, and you basically, it, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, you're keeping a checklist of things to look for if insider buying is important to you. I, I just haven't seen anybody that's really used that for a long time because the, the amount of patience that you would have to have, uh, knowing that these guys are probably looking at a project that's under development that's coming out two years from now, and, and they're investing now. Uh, yeah, I've worked on a project that took two years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it went from seven million to fourteen million. <laughs> There's yep. a couple hundred engineering changes, wow. and they still argued argued over the last two million. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure, you know that that kind of stuff happens a lot too. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. That's one of the reasons that I'm I'm really a big fan of using checklists to develop. You know what kind of stocks you're going to buy, how you're going to buy them, how you're going to sell them. I'm very much interested in that, you know, okay, uh, let's say I don't want anything with a price of sales of nine because, uh, you know, that's just, just too rich, right? right. I think one mm-hmm. time you said Microsoft back in what, 1999 or something like that was selling for like 24 times yeah. revenue, right? Yep, absolutely. So so maybe if you had a checklist, nothing over X uh, per, uh, number of uh, price to sales ratio, nothing over that and that kind of thing, would that be a... Is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Yeah, I'll give you one uh, since you brought it up. So if you take the enterprise value instead of the market cap, mar- market cap looks at uh, just the value of the stock. Right. Enterprise value adds all the debt and then subtracts out the cash they have. So essentially it's be, it, it, it's what you would be paying for the entire company because if you bought the company, you're, you're going to have to assume the debt too. Right, but you get to keep the cash. Right. So if you look at enterprise value and then you divide their uh, earnings before interest and taxes, it's it's a uh, a measure of cash flow. So if you were to divide that by the enterprise value, it gives you a yield. And then okay. I, I like to do that on the uh, the 1,500 largest companies in the United States. The overlap with the S&P 5, uh, 1,500 is, is eerie. <laughs> and then we take the top 50 stocks out of that. And every six months, we're going to rerun that screen because stocks move a lot. I mean, they move a lot. In six months' time period, they can move tremendously. 
especially with something like this, because what you're doing is you're taking that measure of cash flow that you got, you're dividing it by the cost of buying the entire business, so it converts it to a yield. Okay. Now, now you can compare companies to each other on a much more equal basis. And the bottom line is if you're a business owner and you're investing, you want to own those companies that are generating the most cash per dollar that you're paying for the business, right? Yes. Yep. So you just want the ones with the highest yields. Pretty easy to understand. Yeah, I mean, you buy, you wouldn't buy a CD. You wouldn't buy a CD if it's 1% when you can get it for three. Right. And that's exactly, uh, that's exactly what this does. So, so that's how they convert it. Um, well, that's how I did it for this particular uh, checklist I came up okay. with. And what I call it the BCAP value model. There are 50 stocks in it every six months. Uh, that's enough. We're going to add that, by the way, to the Lookout for the Bull website at some point in time. Um, well, that'd be good. Yeah. We're going to start with, uh, and we'll publish that list every month. Because every month, depending on when you start, you know, your start date, you're going to be different. You know, stocks move. Some stocks will still be there because they haven't moved or maybe they've actually gone yeah, down. Yeah, look how fast AMD moved. Oh, man, that was, that was huge. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So, and what we're, what you're doing with this, it's a, it's a very deep value model. Uh, you're looking at stuff that, you know, in many cases I look at it and go, oh, you know, it, it's, it's painful for me to buy those. Uh, companies because I'm looking at the company, uh, but yeah, but their yields are like 15%. <laughs> so you, you have to kind of ignore your emotions and just go with the math instead, go with the numbers. And uh, that has a tendency to work a whole lot better than uh, me trying to figure out you know, intuitively. Well, you know, that's that's what's great about math because two plus two is always four. It's right. not today I feel like three, tomorrow I feel like five, right? Right, right. Exactly. And uh, it's one of the uh, nice things about being able to access all this software today. You know, the, the programs that I tested all this stuff on were incredibly expensive. The one that I run the screens on with the with the result that I, I finally arrived at using the really expensive software, it's like it's only $350 a month, which for me is was a big break over what I was paying <laughs> for the other software. And uh, part of the uh, um, technology is advancing and bringing costs down. It's pretty cool. But, yeah, that that's the BCAP value model that, that we run through my firm. BCAP, okay. I, yeah, I like it. So we're going to publish that. So if you were going to do this on your own, there's only one, well, maybe two. You could probably do it at Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers doesn't allow you to buy fractional shares. There's only one brokerage firm I know of that would allow, allow you to execute this strategy uh, because – you're going to be buying fractional shares when you do this, and uh, Folio lets you do that. So you can have a retail account at Folio. You can go; you'll be able to go in, download these securities, and upload them right to Folio and hit synchronize. It'll make your portfolio look just like the list. Hmm. Wow! Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. It is. Yeah. Hey, that uh, assistant of yours is the mm-hmm. student there. Was he working on his dissertation or? Oh, he's just a young, he's a young guy. The, uh, oh, is he? I think he's only a junior. Or Does something. that have something to do with his major? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, majoring in econ. I tried to talk oh. him out of it, but. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> just, you know, you get uh, two economists together and you got three opinions. Yes. <laughs> maybe and how not, the maybe, joke goes. Maybe like me, is it'll be nine or ten. <laughs> so it's it's a, uh, oh, and it's a, a Berkshire A, is that a, a, a Giffen 
good. <laughs> Robert Giffen, Sir yeah. Robert Giffen. Yeah, I, I remember. That? Yeah, I don't know. The uh, <laughs> Berkshire uh, actually actually defies most conventional businesses. It, it's it. I think it's interesting. The vast majority of their their profits have a tendency to come from the financial side. So. But they own, you know, they own a ton of stuff. I, it, it's hilarious. I think it's it's over eighty companies now. Yeah, and they, they own a boot manufacturer. They're they actually have the largest um, solar farms in the world because they own the largest investor in solar farms, which is I think it's Mid American. Uh, it's a utility company. Okay. And uh, so he's got, I mean, all the bases covered. Throughout all the companies that he owns, I think it's I think it's a riot. And this is a guy that really didn't like technology. You know, he uh, used to talk about that a lot. How much he didn't like it. So now he owns a lot of it. But anyway, hey Mark, I got to run because I hear the I'll music. Let you go. Thanks. Have a good weekend. Thanks for calling too. Thanks. And you're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon on 1420. The answer also carried on the uh, Fish's website 955thefish.com as a podcast. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. The preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.